Hello, welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. I had the privilege of attending Alberta Canola's Canola Leaders event in Edmonton in March. The event brought together 20 young Albertans, mostly farmers, along with a couple of other farm industry people, to work through exercises on healthy, productive boards, on policy, lobbying, media, and etiquette. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the opening session on long-term strategic thinking with Bob Treadway, a futurist and strategy advisor. How do you become a futurist? Treadway asked the group. You call yourself a futurist. Setting aside that moment of self-deprecation, Treadway actually has a lot of experience with helping businesses see around the corner for events or shifts that could dramatically change the business environment in which they operate, and to be prepared for whatever may come. You can find out more about Treadway and his work at trendtalk.com. For this podcast, I talked to two attendees, two Alberta farmers, about their takeaways from the event. They are... Um, my name is Chrissy Friesen. Um, I farm up in the Peace Country, Alberta area. Um, I farm canola, wheat, peas, lentils. Um, and I farm with myself and my husband. Uh, my name is Kyle Tarkowski. I farm with my uh, in-laws in Myrnham, Alberta. We'll start with a conversation on Bob Treadway's recommendation to forecast, not predict. Predicting is to expect one result. Forecasting is to look at all possible scenarios and try to plan for, for all of them. And he calls that the cone of relative certainty. And even his um, cone of relative certainty, that was kind of a, that was kind of a big thing too. You know, you take your present to your time, your future, and you have your different, you know, forces, factors, combinations, trends, and triggers. And it kind of, you know, broaden that broaden that um those factors to broaden your outlook on the future right so yeah the idea of planning um your business not based on sort of one thing that you're predicting uh, but rather than being ready for any anything that's kind of the different approach you don't want to predict you want to try forecast and i know sitting down with my father-in-law here and trying to forecast what's going to happen this year with with what's happening with China, like what's going to happen with the rotations and that kind of stuff. I, I think it's kind of, it was a really eye-opening experience to have a different perspective, I think. Even, even like the way he said, like in the morning, instead of first thing in the morning, you get up and you want to check, watch the news and see what's going on, that kind of stuff. But even like just the, the information websites that he passed on to us, like uh, was it quartz.com? I get the the daily email on that every day and just seeing what's going on with world events. I actually think it's a lot more of a newer way of thinking or a lot, it's a different way of thinking. Um, A lot of times and something that Bob helped me actually was with was um, when you think of like the worst possible outcome and and I'm talking like on farm specific, you know, with our farm, if we're facing one certain challenge, it's actually you, you get you get blinders on and you focus on that one challenge. You focus on that one thing and you're actually not removing the blinders and looking out wider or looking out further at uh, other scenarios that can pop up or, you know, be it good, bad, whatever. You're not, you get on a one track mind and that's it. And you have to be able to 
not be on that one track mind all the time. And I think one of the things that that he tried to emphasize as well to that point is that if uh, you, you have this notion that this is a bad event, I mean, if this happens, it'll be a disaster. But can you think of an opportunity that this may present for you? You always have to look for that silver lining in those kinds of situations, right? Opportunities like that, um, I usually try to take and turn it into a learning opportunity, turn it into something positive, uh, turn it around so that, hey, this is what we were doing before, but you know what, this is actually a better, uh, lower um, lower impact on the environment or lower impact on overhead costs or things like that, that you can flip it around and, and try to most importantly just learn and take it as a learning opportunity. Treadway also emphasized the value of a team using the people around you to, to pull up ideas and to make the best possible decisions. We talked more about that. One of the other things he emphasized was the value of having a team. And he, I mean, as with our groups, our table groups there at the event, um, it, it did show that having a team thinking through these issues, he sure came up with a lot more ideas, a lot more scenarios, a lot more what ifs than if it was just you yourself. Oh, oh yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, just then you listen to a lot of these people talk about like just the rotation, but just when they're talking to their chemical companies, the agro, like the basically anyone that has anything to do with farming to that can impact and how they can make a bit more of a uh, increase in acres or increase in bushels per acre. But just talking to even even what the grain marketers are doing, what 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 are they forecasting for this fall? What what do you think is going to happen, and maybe that's going to impact what you're. Uh, what you're going to see or how much you're going to see of it. Yeah. Your, your team can be more than just the people who own the farm or work on the farm. It's like you said, all these other people who influence how your business runs. Ever since I came, uh, ever since I've come back from the, the canola leaders uh, workshop there, um, a lot of the stuff that Bob Treadway has said, I've actually already tried to apply to my everyday life, everyday thinking, um, being involved in the agricultural community at a local level, um, sitting on the egg service board uh, for my municipal district and things like that, it uh, you know it is definitely it has definitely helped in that sense. Um, and it also I guess it goes back to his his one of his principles about teams, right? Your egg service board is a team per se, right? And having some people that can think you know overall or looking out at a different picture or thinking differently, I guess, can actually help everybody. It can help the board. It can help, you know, agricultural and, or agriculture in general, right? Yeah. With those board meetings, you're trying to get things done and maybe get out of there as fast as possible sometimes, but it's probably <laughs> worth setting aside a few minutes or half an hour, even a few times a year to, to think about long-term challenges and, and get that team involved in, in coming up with with ideas, solutions, possibilities. Yeah, because getting that team going is, uh, is a big part of trying to think of all the things that could happen. One thing that I've kind of, um, when working in teams in some of the challenges that he presented us with uh, to drive home that, that key principle for him was how everybody sees things differently. You know, you're all looking at the same scenario, you're all looking at the exact same um, challenge, but everybody 
sees it differently. They come up with different solutions. They come up with different um, problems that may arise. Uh, you know, they just, everything thinks differently. And it's working in a team setting like that, it actually helps you to cover your bases, essentially. You know, it helps you to plan, uh, plan your thoughts out or organize uh, possible scenarios or situations that may come up, right? It all kind of kind of goes back to that, you know, being that stuck on that one track mind. You gotta you gotta get out of that. You can't be on that one track mind all the time. And the notion that you can think of all the possibilities yourself, uh, rather than you know taking advantage of the ideas from your team. If you don't take advantage of those those other ways of thinking, those other perspectives, you're sure missing out on a lot of potential knowledge, a lot of better planning. That's right. Knowledge, opportunities, um, and yeah, education or yeah, like you said, education is huge. It's, it's, it is huge. It's always ongoing. I don't think you're actually ever done learning in life. The final part of this podcast will be a discussion on backcasting, which is Bob Treadway's idea of setting a, a big goal, a long-term goal um, that you want to achieve and then working back through all the steps required to get there. In the backcasting uh, exercise there, our, our group topic was to uh, try double pulse production in, uh, in Canada in the next, I think we did 25 to 35 years, I can't quite remember. And we set that goal and took a step-by-step process backwards to, uh, to see how we're going to achieve it. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? That exercise, and he used the uh, NASA getting onto the moon in the 60s as as the example. So you you have this big, huge goal, and then uh, you work your way backwards to pick all the steps that need to get done. Like, it really opened my eyes to how you approach your goals now. Because you want, like he said, you want to write down a list of events, accomplishments, milestones that you want to achieve to reach that goal. So working backwards to see what you have to do to achieve that first milestone, to achieve your goal, to be part of the bigger picture was really, really eye-opening and how, how NASA, how they work towards it and how they're doing the backcasting was uh, phenomenal to be a part of. From the canola council or the canola industry's perspective, when we need rotation crops for canola, we need we need a good bunch of pulse acres and new opportunities in pulse in order to do that. So I can see where your why your group picked that one, but the challenges are, are no they're not small to to double. What no do they remember? Burned. Yeah, do you remember what some of them were, Kyle? Uh I believe some of them were like setting long term goals for producers to uh, try have some incentive to increase to. Uh, to uh, plant the pulse in the rotation. It's going to be better for your land. Uh, just getting seed companies on board to start doing genetic testing or um, more genetics, like, you know, uh, up in our area here, um, soybeans might need more more sunlight or uh, if then go from a quadruple zero to maybe a, uh, a five zero brand of seed. And uh, if that's out there, I'm not even sure yet. But just to get the different seed companies on board to uh, to start promoting it, and also try it have more uh, more influence in the grocery stores on what people are buying. If it was uh, like we, a couple of us have just done that combine the customer program, and we we're lucky to be a part of that, 
and we were able to see all the different uses for Pulse, and we were able to use some of that information to work with our backcasting of how we can introduce more pulses into our daily uh, intake. What was the topic you had for your backcasting? We had a great one. Um, so ours was, we kind of gave ourselves um, a goal of no glyphosate used by we had originally put 2029 to give that kind of 10-year time frame but actually as we started going through and writing up the timeline um, we realized that uh, 10 years from now realistically wasn't long enough and we extended it to 2035. From your farm's perspective or farming's perspective given how glyphosate is is a big part of weed management it's a big part of making no-till work on farms that use no-till so what was the what was the thinking what how do you adjust the farm if you didn't have glyphosate that one was a really tough one um, because I know personally speaking we rely on glyphosate a lot um, we do uh, we, we do farm roundup ready as well as uh, the Liberty link system as well um, it was it, it was tough um it was yeah it is tough actually and that's i think part of the reason why we extended you know 10 years essentially wasn't enough um because at that point there was no we were just barely in the early research uh stages the you know manufacturing or demanufacturing the producer training um the education um and finding the alternatives and we couldn't even come up with an alternative. <laughs> that's how that's how much time is actually needed. Um, it's easy to put down on paper, but it's not actually easy to figure out what an alternative to it would be, right? Thanks, Christy. Yep, Good chatting no with problem. you. Talk to you later, Kyle. Perfect. Thanks, Jay. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And also thanks to Bob Treadway. Um, I know he's got me thinking a lot differently and uh, I think that's what makes the all makes all the difference between being successful and not successful is a lot of his key principles and and how you view things and look at things in life for more on Treadway and his work visit trendtalk.com for more about my work go to canolawatch.org and canoladigest.ca this has been a canola watch podcast I'm Jay Wetter Thanks for listening.